Where Ideas Launch, the podcast for the unexpected innovator. We are all incredibly creative, but maybe we've forgotten how. I've spent my career working with people from more than 150 countries, traveling the world, and experiencing cultures. And what I've found? Creativity is everywhere. We've got a gargantuan challenge facing us as we need to redesign a more sustainable planet. This podcast explores modern day innovation in the age of sustainability. I'll interview some of the most prolific thinkers, creators, and educators on their journey to create sustainable incomes and businesses. My guests and I will teach you how to be creative, create business models, and explore curiosity with the courage to level up in your career. Join me every Wednesday for a new edition of Where Ideas Launched, the podcast. Welcome to our episode. Where Ideas Launch embraces the opportunity to interview some really fascinating people. Howard Gunstock embraces life as the great adventurer. A career people developer, Howard is the co-founder of Carbon Capture, a business whose intention is to help the world reframe their relationship with carbon and CO2 pollution. His career is a bit of an adventure too. After leaving school in the mid-90s, he became an early practitioner of the law of attraction, living in Australia and working in sales under the tutorage of Julie Renyard. After a stint in telemarketing, he worked in event management and lived and worked in Ibiza before another career pivot in 2003 took him into banking and insurance. He then studied HR. Now with over a decade's experience in executing corporate development strategies for some of the world's best known brands, he's pivoting once again into monetizing one of the world's biggest challenges, the climate crisis. Howard Gunstock, welcome to Where Ideas Launch, and I'm going to launch straight into a question. You just begun fundraising for this fascinating, sustainably savvy project called Carbon Capture. Tell us about this journey for you. Thank you, yeah. Um, so it was about 12 months ago, um, I had a couple of life moments. I was looking for opportunities and I ended up um, reflecting in on myself with what was going on with the climate crisis. At the time, Greta Thunberg was talking quite passionately about the effects of climate change. And I guess, like many people of, uh, of a similar age, of a similar thinking, um, I took some personal reflection time and I ended up going to some Friends of the Earth meetings, some Extinction Rebellion meetings, um, just to find out what might interest me and what I could do that, that fitted in with me, right? Um, part of that journey, I ended up joining Friends of the Earth and watching this incredible film called climaterace.org. Um, it's really incredible. Um, and the director was there doing an open Q&A. So there's me sitting there and I, and, I, and I get this idea looking at this film um, that I would actually, I'd, I'd actually pay good money, right? I'd pay good money to reverse some of my impact on climate change. And that was what was going through my head at the time when I was seeing all of this film, like I would pay money for this. Um, and then the, I think there was a, there was a, the Q and A afterwards, uh, and they were talking about the, the ways of extracting carbon. And it's based on some ideas and concepts that hadn't happened. And I, there was a joke that went around that said, if, if only there was um, a way to extract, extract carbon naturally. And the joke was there is, there's trees. And this guy behind me just piped up and said, well, kelp grows 30 times faster than trees. And those two thoughts together just clashed 
I'm like, there's something in this, right? There's something in this. And me and this guy, Dave, uh, ended up having a couple of conversations and we got on really well. He's the idea and the engineer guy. And I had an idea on this, on taking advantage of this potential opportunity. And we, we, you know, we stuck with it for a few months. If you see something bad happening to you, like if you're across the street and you saw someone uh, being mugged or robbed or something, and you walk by and do nothing, you're complicit in that. That's so wonderful. So you didn't come from a background of science. You came from a background of human resource management, I think. Tell yeah. us about that. Tell us about what that gave you to be able to be doing this now. I mean, how did that happen? So also a great question. I, I've always been into people development and I had some fantastic uh, training when I was younger. I met um, a lady named Judy Renyard when I was something like 19 or 20 years old who taught me the law of attraction and taught me the power of positive thinking and how to really see things that uh, visualize ideas and make make things happen by by being a good influence being a good having a good impact on the world i got into sales i was always into sales team development and then i got into um, event management and i got into developing musicians and then i got into hr and the development of people uh, it's fascinating i enjoy the psychology uh, but what it helped me do was develop this really diverse network of connections and people. And it's that network, which, and my understanding of people's skill set that I've used to help develop carbon capture. We have something in the region of nine or 10 kelpers. Um, so a collective name for people in the organization kelpers. And it's, it's been brilliant. It's been a really uh, enjoyable uh, process for us. Howard, this is such a wonderful story. But please tell our listeners, what exactly is kelp? Kelp is a type of fast-growing plant that grows underwater. It's not a seaweed. Seaweed is a catch-all term for any plant, really, that grows underwater. Kelp is uh, a particular uh, type uh, of, 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 tree, uh, of, of a maritime plant that grows naturally on shorelines and grows really rapidly um, you can eat it it's a superfood what we're doing is we're using it for additional purposes so we are using the kelp to rapidly grow and capture carbon through the use of photosynthesis essentially it takes the car the the sea out of co2 uh, when it's fully grown we take the kelp and harvest it, dry it out and use it for animal feed or fertilizer. The reason why it's such a fantastic product is that when cattle eat it, they produce 90% less methane gas. Additionally, if you use it for fertilizer, it's not about plant fertilizer, it gives the ground 30% more nutrient yield. You're taking earth, which is nutrient poor through, uh, through farming, and taking carbon that is from the sea, which is extremely nutrient rich, 
that's been living at the bottom of the oceans for years. And we're not destroying the oceans by using this. We're using natural uh, wave power to get that nutrient up um, with, with an upwelling technique. And we are then lives in the kelp, which is essentially a carbohydrate, right? So when you, you know, you're taking it from one location and changing it into another product and putting it into another location. It must have been an incredible undertaking for you to start a company of this nature, get under the science, into the, into the brand building, into the, the mapping out of everything that you need to do. What was it like for you? It's, it's been an incredible learning curve. I've, I've really enjoyed it. What's fantastic is that we get an opportunity to create an entirely new business model. Um, we get to do something that's never been done. Um, and that takes uh, an element of, uh, of strategic conceptual development and turn it into something operational. Nothing that I've done on this volume at this level ever before in my life. But what's been really useful is knowing what the outcomes should be. You can then reverse engineer some of it. That's sensible. That's what I've been focusing on, on knowing what the outcome goals are and what the end products has and enable me to, to build that invisible bridge between operational activity and, and strategic plans. So tell us about the business model of carbon capture. So I had um, the idea of being able to pay for something to do, uh, to do with capturing carbon was the bit that really uh, started, I guess, the worm in my head more than anything else. And I realized that actually it's not about having a green idea. It's about being able to monetize something that other people want to get rid of, a waste product, a CO2. Um, and if you can find a demand and a buyer for that, that's brilliant. Um, my, I, I think the original part of the idea came from a story that I heard about a guy who went round to large corporate headquarters and was starting to get paid to pick up their coffee grounds. And then what he did was he got the coffee grounds and put it into, um, uh, I guess, a fertilizer and the coffee makes the, the plants grow faster, right? And I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. So he's getting paid to take the, 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 the grounds uh, uh, coffee and also getting paid to sell the fertilizer. What a brilliant idea. And that in itself was, is, was part of the, the, the dual model for carbon capture, right? We can capture the carbon and make oxygen uh, and take carbon out of the CO2, freeing oxygen and all the other brilliant benefits uh, of doing that. And, get, and there is a demand in a market, I believe, for that product but at the same time when you've captured the carbon there's all this kelp and that's that's like there's something that needs to be done with that and then when we found the idea of what the and there's multiple uses for kelp but the the feed and fertilizer will have the most environmental impacts uh, and then what you're then doing is then finding additional streams of income, right? You're trying to find out, okay, this is a new idea. People will want to buy into it. Okay, they're going to be businesses that want to attract into it. And then you're thinking, okay, so there's an element of people who want to buy the carbon, but there'll be farmers that, that will benefit from it. And then all of a sudden, you're creating a really viable story that will give us the advantage over the large multinational corporates, because this is going to be a people-grown business. This 
is a mindset. This is about changing behaviors and finding ways that people will agree to do something. Not an individual approach, a one-string approach, a multi-strand approach. That's, that's different. That's not being done. I think you should explain to our listeners about the two-sided aspect of your business model. It's based on everyone taking ownership. So typically what I'm, what's happened is you'll have an activity, great activity, or, um, whatever it is to, to, to benefit the environment. So let's say plant trees. Great activity. One, one thing, plant trees get money. But what you don't do is get other revenue streams from that. So I, my thinking is if I can get a revenue stream from people who really care about the environment individually and want to reduce carbon, if I can get a revenue stream from companies that want to do the right thing by sponsoring activities that are really going to have an impact on the environment, by getting individuals to invest and give them a product and a portfolio that can give them some sort of remuneration. And if we can get involved in green bonds and services, that's another revenue stream. In addition to that, there will be some financial support that we'll be able to get from governments and also probably from some local, uh, from some local councils. Because wherever we decide to grow our kelp in the UK or wherever, one, one thing that you will know is that when you grow kelp, there will be an increase in the development of maritime life, such as fish. And if you live in a seaside resort so, or a seaside town or have ever lived in there, they pride themselves on being able to get locally sourced fish. Issue that we have in the UK is we've depleted that. This is a nursery for fish. This will be an incredible development and give, and give you know, uh, incredible uh, new lease of life to some of these, these, these fishermen that are without stock. What is the impact that you expect to make as carbon capture? A farm is one hectare. To be able to do that, to be able to have a significant impact on the environment, it's about getting to gigatons out of the ocean. I believe we can ramp ourselves up to doing that relatively quickly. There's a lot of good intent and a lot of goodwill from people all over the world. What we don't have is clear vehicles on how to make those adjustments. There are companies and countries that are doing similar activities, and I'm all for them. I just don't think they've got what we've got. In, in this model, in this model of circular economy and making your, your business quite uh, sustainable and relevant, are you considering collaborating with some of these other um, uh, people who are trying to do the same thing? We are. Um, this is not a closed book. This is about, this is a collaborative approach. We've got partners currently um, around the UK. We've got partners in the Philippines and Australia, um, and we will be developing networks anywhere the opportunities uh, open up to us. This is not, you know, I might be running this, this show, but this is a collaborative approach. And my, uh, the team that, that, that have got us to this stage, um, we, well, we wouldn't have got to this stage if it wasn't for a collaborative approach. I've definitely not got all the skill sets to do this. I just have got a good idea along with my, with my business partner and we're going we're gonna to run with it. So Howard, tell us where you expect carbon capture to be in 10 years time. We have quite a clear plan. 
we need to get to 10,000 one hectare farms globally. That's a huge growth uh, curve. Um, essentially, we believe that we can grow our farms um, on a big scale using our investment model to, to facilitate that growth. What support can people give to this journey? Well, we've currently in fundraising mode. So like, share, follow and donate. Um, we're building our first four hectare farms um, for, for, for sort of January, February of this year. Um, we've got a crowdfunder page. Please donate towards that. We would love to get your, your, uh, your support for that. Um, the, fast, the more donations we get, the faster we get farms in the water. I am really keen on having conversations with people in uh, HR and CSR and anything to do with that green movement, any directors who are akin to, you know, wanting to do the right thing by our, by our planet, because this is an opportunity to the, the, well, this is an opportunity that has the won't, that hasn't been around before. And we believe that it will have a really um, transformation, transform, transformative effects on our, on our oceans. I hear you. This is an excellent chance for people to participate and to become a part of the movement. So I'm keen to support you. Thank you very much. So my final question to you today would be, there are a lot of people who are thinking they want to do something green, they want to do something sustainable, something relevant. What would you recommend to them in getting started on a green business and a green business idea? That's a good question. I think when you're, when you're, when I was thinking about whether this is important, uh, whether this is doable, you have to be focused on the fact that we are in a capitalist world. And however much your intention is great, it has to make money to, to have an impact. That's really the, the bottom line. I'm, we, I'm trying to find a way to monetize a waste product, which is carbon and CO2. But if you can find a way to make your business pay, that gives you leverage. It's better than just the intent. Not saying that the intent is not, not good. If you want to you know, help uh, Friends of the Earth and, and the World Wildlife Fund and Plant Tree, I'm all for everything. The solution to the climate crisis is not is not a one one uh, a magic pill. It's a multiple strand approach. It's a multiple strategy approach. Tree planting, living sustainably, you know, um, uh, driving uh, driving uh, driving uh, electric cars, switching uh, switching your providers, going vegan, uh, not flying. All of those are excellent. But when you find a way to make it pay. People are really interested. They want an avenue. There just isn't enough. Such great advice. Thank you so much, Howard. It's been a pleasure hosting you. And thank you to our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you today by the Depot Virtual Service Hub. The Virtual Service Hub is our digital transformation strategy service that supports startups needing to optimize their processes and their performance to scale up for growth. 
We also help medium-sized firms in modernizing their operations, and our services include sustainable strategy, analytics, and tech enablement. To find out more, contact Catherine Ann Byam on LinkedIn.